Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Today we're going to, I'm going to continue to share with you about kingdom impact on generations. And as we've said before, the long way of saying that is how we are going to impact the generations with the kingdom of God. It's not just impact that we're looking for, but kingdom impact. So yes, it's good. We thank God for the reggae and the athletics and all that kind of stuff. But kingdom impact is most important. All the gifts and talents should be a road to the kingdom. Should be pointing you back to the kingdom. And so the impact of the kingdom is what is most important. So kingdom impact on generations. We don't believe that God intended that the kingdom die with any generation. God intended that as long as the earth remained, the impact of the kingdom should continue throughout the generation. So generation after generation, we should learn the kingdom and why uh, the kingdom exists. So we're going to start off by reading our theme scripture from Psalm 145, verse 4. It says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Let's read that again. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So, as I've said before, that word praise is not really speaking to praise and worship, although it's not excluding praise and worship, but praise thy works means that it will carry your works. It will teach your works. One generation should teach the next generation the works of the Lord or the kingdom of God. And as we have said in past sessions, it is going to take a generation to impact a next generation. One individual, uh, one person won't do it. it. It's going to need the company of all of us to impact our children and our children's children. And it is important that we don't drop uh, the baton because you know that in a relay race, if you run a leg of that relay and drop the baton, then it cancels the entire team. And that's what the enemy would want, for you to, your generation, to drop the baton and to cancel the effect of the kingdom being passed on to the next generation. But we thank God for his goodness because this race is different. It's almost like, um, the hurdles. That's the race that I really love in the sense of how it is set up because you see in the hurdles you could 
drop and roll over, but if you get up and finish that race, you can still win. That's how we are going about it as the kingdom of God. Real success is about impacting the generations of your time. Which means your generation and the generation uh, following. It's important um, to have that kind of impact. And last time, we shared about the strategy of influence and two keys in influencing people and influencing the next generation. We talked about uh, success and wealth. And today, we want to look at the importance of culture in impacting generations. The importance of culture. It's very, very important. Culture is one of the strongest, uh, strongest authority that there is. And among the greatest impact on human lives. Culture. It is important to understand culture. And even in our Jamaican context, the culture has impacted every sector of society. And sometimes we don't even realize, but we see the manifestations of our culture in different uh, sectors. Uh, it might not necessarily come out the same way, but it's the manifestation of the principle. So for example, I believe a part of our culture is that we're territorial. We love to, to claim areas and spot, block it off and lock it for ourselves. And interestingly, we see that being manifested time and time again in the gangs where they talk about turf war. They're trying to control turf. But guess what? We see the same manifestation different way in the politics. Where you hear this is JLP stronghold or this is PNP stronghold or, or whatever. It's about um, being territorial. Controlling an, 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 an area. But guess what? We, we see that manifestation in the church also. About on an individual basis and on a uh, corporate level. So there's some churches that feel like they own this area and you shouldn't come in there. But also in the individual church groups. There are those people who feel like this is their seat. And you know, if they come to the door and somebody's sitting in their seat, they look around a little bit before, um, you know, proceeding. I'm saying to you that there is the manifestation of the culture in different ways, in the different sectors, but sometimes we don't really recognize it. But this is the importance of culture. It's going to manifest itself in some way or the other in your life. So culture uh, is very important to God. Dr. Miles Monroe said that culture is the goal of God. 
And God's desire is that the culture of heaven will impact earth. So the big project that God set out from day one is that the earth will be filled with the glory of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters covers the seas. And he was a little bit, uh, well, he said it another way when he taught his disciples to pray. He said, you should say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it was, is in heaven. So the culture of heaven should impact earth. As is in heaven, let it be done on earth. So there is such a thing as the kingdom culture. And if we're going to impact the generations of our time with the kingdom of God, then we are going to have to start moving as a team, as a group, as the church, with the kingdom culture. It's important to manifest the kingdom culture because unfortunately, one of the things that has happened over time that has really messed up the church is that we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior but still really live under and manifest the culture of the kingdom of darkness. So that's why people say, well, they say they are Christians but we're not seeing any example. I don't want to have anything to do with the church because the culture of the kingdom is not being manifested through most of the church. Now, do you understand now what Paul was saying when he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That means you're not of that culture anymore. You're of a different culture. He said, all things are passed away. All things are become new. But what I'm saying is that most times, many times, is the old things that are being manifested through the believers and not the new. So it's the old culture and not the kingdom culture. The kingdom of God culture. And we have to correct that. Each of us have to take responsibility and begin to manifest the culture of the kingdom. And we can't be, can't be intimidated to do it. Because you see, we have many different sectors in society that are determined and are actually making impact on the generations. So we can't afford for the impact of the kingdom to be left behind. So the politicians are determined to make their impact. The LBGT community are determined to make their impact. The business people are making uh, their impact. Different sectors. The church cannot sit back and say, well, you know, he's got the whole world in his hands. And, you know, if God so desires, he will do it. No, we are the representatives of the kingdom of God to manifest the kingdom culture. We carry that responsibility. We see the strength of culture in the Old Testament when Israel lived in Egypt for 400 years. And 
after, even after they were miraculously delivered from Egypt, they saw the hand of God in amazing ways. I don't know that there's any other group of people that saw the astounding miracles that those Israelites saw. But the culture of Egypt was so strong on them after 400 years that even after seeing all of that, and there was a little challenge, they said, let's find somebody that can lead us back to Egypt. When God saw how strong the impact of that culture was and that they were not of any intention to change, he said to Moses, I'm going to have to work with a younger generation that I can impact with my culture that would be fresh and open to the kingdom culture that has no memory or no experience of Egypt. But know my hand. And so king, kingdom culture is important in impacting in a way that we will see transformation. In the book of Acts, we see where the church had a great impact on the city and the region. And the king, kingdom culture was in uh, full manifestation. The word culture starts out with the word cut. And I'm sure you know that word. Uh, and we associate it with kind of something else. But cult means to grow. Because you know that if a group forms something new, let's say anti-God, and it is not really growing or moving, nobody recognizes it as a cult. It's when it begins to grow and manifest itself. So, wow, that's a cult. But the word culture means, sorry, cult means to grow. Culture has to do with creating the environment in which something grows. All right, culture has to do with creating the environment in which something grows. That is why I've been sharing with you that Eden, mentioned in Genesis, was a culture. The Bible says that God planted a garden, and the word planted uh, there means to organize, and garden actually means structure in the Hebrew when you check it. So God um, organized a structure called Eden, and he put man in that structure, that culture, to live. Why? So that man would experience the culture of the kingdom of God. And then God told Adam and Eve now, be fruitful and multiply that experience, that culture, so that everyone will know about it. And that's very, very important, you know, because, you know, a culture of mediocrity can make people of excellence look ordinary. 
That's why culture is very important. Let me say that again. That a culture of mediocrity can make people of excellence look ordinary. It processes you. And the flip side of that is true. That a culture of excellence can really make ordinary people look extraordinary. I believe some of the people that have excelled, whether it be in different countries and different places and all of that, it's not that they have more gifts than you, but the structure allow them to excel. So where you work, uh, the structure has to do, has a lot to do with how you produce. So there are times when God have to separate you from some places and some people to bring certain things to pass in your life because those environments are not conducive to you becoming what God intended you to be. So sometimes they say they fire you, but what they don't realize and you don't realize is that God had to separate you from that place so that you can become what he wants you to be. Because that place, the culture was not conducive to developing the gifts and abilities and talents and anointings that are in you. So the enemy will try his best also to move you out of environments that you can grow in God and become your best. That's one of the strategy of the enemy. So he knows, he understands this principle. So if there's a culture that you are beginning to grow and uh, excel and become your best in God, the enemy will do his best to separate you from that culture. To move you out. And so you have to be careful because this is why you now it is absolutely important to be led by the Holy Spirit. So it might look like on the face of it, more money is over there, but over here is where God wants you. So it is important to be led by the Holy Spirit so that you can become exactly what God wants you to be. So, God gave Adam and Eve Eden as a prototype. In other words, as an example of what life should be on earth. When Adam was in that environment, Adam excelled far above what you'd ever dream or imagine because he was in an environment that was conducive to him manifesting the gifts and talents that were in him. So Adam excelled. I mean, he was in the environment of, of God. And you know the story that he named the animals. He saw when God introduced Eve to him, he said, well, she shall be called woman. He came up with the name and it was so. Adam was in his element because he was in the right environment. But when Adam left Eden, the excellence of Adam 
and by extension mankind became trapped in mediocrity. So, watch this. When Adam was in Eden, God never had to reassure him that you are my child and I'm with you. The angels of the Lord encampeth around about you and all of that. Of course, that's good stuff. But God never had to do that in the environment of Eden with Adam. Because the culture spoke loudly. But once he was out of that environment and in an environment that was attacking his destiny, attacking his gifts, attacking his very existence. And when I say his, I'm not just talking about the individual Adam, but mankind. Or that's where God had to uh, start speaking into the spirit of man in a way that he never did before. So all of a sudden, Jeremiah is prophesying, by the spirit of the Lord, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God never had to tell Adam that when he was in Eden. Because the environment of Eden took care of that. I'm telling you that when you get into the kingdom culture and get into the environment of the kingdom of God, there are certain things that you won't worry about because you will experience it with God. About a year ago, and I'm still working on this message, God started to um, disturb me with some things that <laughs> he was saying to me because I've never seen it that way before. So he asked me one day, what is self-confidence? Do you have self-confidence? Yeah. Self-confidence. Self I don't have time to go into it, but he started speaking out of my, into my spirit of your confidence should not be rooted in self. So okay. Said, so, look in the scriptures again. It talks about confidence, not self-confidence. And he started to speak some things in my spirit. And I started to realize that self-confidence is vulnerable but confidence in God is a different kettle of fish as I said I'm still working on that because I'm still just unpacking all that he has been saying to me as it relates to that but when you get into the environment of God. He's going to start saying some things to you that will take care of other matters that you would have spent energy and time attending to. So, as I said before, here is God now talking to man about things that he, he, he wouldn't have said before. So, he's saying, because man is out of the environment of Eden, he's telling man now, before 
you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. He never had to tell Adam that. All he said was, let us make man in our image. So once Adam was in the image and likeness, the nature and character of God, he functioned that way in the environment of Eden. But no, man has to be reassured that before you were in your mother's womb, God formed you and all of that because we're in an environment, a different environment, a different culture that is fighting for our future. That is attacking us daily, trying to get us out of what God intended. So, God is now saying, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. world. What is that about? It is to create a culture around you. When you begin to believe these things uh, that God says, the word of the Lord about you, that's creating a culture around you that you will operate according to what the kingdom believes about you. Otherwise, believe it or not, you're going to operate according to what the other culture say about you. So if you spend most of your time being concerned about the people who don't like you and how unfair they are, you are in the wrong culture. In other words, you're surrounded by the wrong culture. You might be born again, but you're just surrounded in the wrong culture. You have to get in the place where you begin to understand that if God is for me, who can be against me? That I don't even have to spend my time focusing on my enemies. They have to worry about me. Because I'm in an environment and a culture that is taking care of me, is watching over me, his word is working in my life, and he's uh, manifesting himself in and through my life in such a way that you wouldn't imagine. Now, I promise I'm going to wrap up shortly because I know we have a meeting uh, coming up, but let us um, finish this. One of the most important things in a culture is language. The language is critical in a culture because language is key to unity. When we share the same language, we can understand each other and move together as a team. So it is important we understand that we cannot um, disregard the importance of language in the culture of the kingdom of God, in the kingdom culture. It's important. So, you know, those of us here who um, talk the same language and all that kind of stuff, we can bond and share and um, share fellowship 
sit down to have a meal and talk and um, strategize and move forward. But if we don't speak the language, then we're not going to be able to understand each other. So it limits our progress. Now, you understand why God used that strategy with the Tower of Babel to confound their language, to, to stop the progress. God didn't kill them, he just confounded their language and they could not proceed. Because language is key to unity. Now, we as the church, we have gotten into a place where all of a sudden the church is speaking a different language from the kingdom of God. In other words, the things that we say from time to time, time to time, actually cancel the effect of the kingdom in our lives. First of all, people don't study the word of God the way that they ought to. So when you're supposed to speak the word of God in your situation, you speak the language of the kingdom of darkness. And sometimes you justify that they provoked you. It doesn't matter what provocation. You come into unity with the kingdom of heaven on your behalf when you speak the language of the kingdom of heaven. So it's important to stand up and declare through your house. Lord, I thank you that healing flows through this house in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your provision in this house. I thank you, Lord, that the people of this household walk in purpose and destiny in the name of Jesus. As you go out, man, you have to, or if you are at home, you cover everybody. Father, I cover my family today under the blood of Jesus as they go out. Lord, I cover the church. I cover um, the school, whatever it is, it's important to be speaking the language of the kingdom of heaven. Because you're coming into unity with the kingdom of heaven about your situation. So, when you feel something funny, in your chest and the first thing that comes out is I wonder if I'm getting a heart attack you know that's not the language of the kingdom you what I'm saying you're actually partnering, partnering or getting into unity with the kingdom of darkness about your own health and you know there is nothing good that comes from the kingdom of darkness the thief comes to kill to steal and to destroy but if you don't know the language of the kingdom of heaven it is difficult to speak that language this is why we have to go back to some basics and learn what the word of god says about it so it is incumbent on you to take the responsibility day after day to read what God says about you, what the kingdom of God says about you, so you can operate in the uh, 
language of the kingdom of heaven come in agreement with what the kingdom of heaven says about you. So very, very important. So the fall of man disrupted the culture and language of the kingdom of heaven. When man fell, all of a sudden he started to talk different stuff. Have you ever had to interact with someone that is not so coherent and you hear them talking stuff and just by their language, just by what you're saying, you know that something is wrong with them. They need attention. Because they are saying stuff that don't line up with reality. Well, it's the same thing with believers. God is saying, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep speaking that language? That is not of the kingdom. In other words, your language is not representing kingdom culture. And every time you say you're coming in agreement with the other kingdom. And there is a principle that if two agree, it shall be done. So if you agree with the kingdom of darkness that you, you're dying from a heart attack, it will not happen. The Bible tells us in many places to speak the word of God. It speaks about our confession. The word confession means to say the same thing or to agree with. So when you confess the word of God over your life, you're saying the same thing that God says about you or, or said about you, or you're agreeing with what God says about you. And if you dare to agree with what God says about you, it is going to change your circumstances. It might not happen overnight because that's now not how the system is set up. But if you will continue to speak the word of God over your life, it will make a difference. People say, what difference does it make? I'm just running a joke. It makes the, all the difference in the world. You can be hung by your tongue or you can be set free by your tongue. It is important to take on that responsibility inside the kingdom culture to come in agreement with what the word of God said about you. To say, God, this is what you said and I'm not backing up off what you said. I know the circumstances are saying something different, indicating something different, but this is what you put in my heart and this is what the word of God says about my situation and I choose this day to agree with what the word of the Lord says about me. And so you have to decide whose report will you believe? Isaiah prophesied a long, long time ago and he said, Who have believed our report? 
and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. The kingdom culture. The importance of language in the kingdom culture. Which language are you speaking? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness? Which kingdom are you coming in agreement with over your life? The kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness? The, the church has used the word over time to describe church called Ecclesia. It's a very important word. Ecclesia speaks to a called out set of people. And the origin of that Ecclesia is that those who were called the Ecclesia called out set of people would take the mind of the king and implement those thoughts in the kingdom so they would study the mind of the king they were set apart to study the mind of the king whatever the king says and take his thoughts his words and implement them in the kingdom so that the kingdom citizens would uh, understand and practice what the king wants or how the king thinks very very important now as the church we are called the ecclesia which means we have this responsibility of taking the mind of our king king jesus and implement those thoughts into uh, the kingdom that is why the Bible now says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. But if we don't listen to the mind of the king, we're not going to be able to implement or listen to the, the words and understand the thoughts of the king. We're not going to be able to implement his thoughts. And We've had problem with that over time. To the point that Jesus once said, listen, we have a problem here because God said that. He said, your thoughts are not my thoughts. As a result of that, your ways are not my ways. So if you are representing me, we have a problem here because that means we're going in different directions. And that's not how the ecclesia function. You're supposed to take my thoughts and implement them in the kingdom. But if my thoughts are not your thoughts, what thoughts are you implementing? And your thoughts cannot become God's thoughts if you don't spend time with him. If you don't uh, listen to what he's saying, if you don't read his word, if you don't know his thoughts, then you're just going to go with your thoughts, which would be most likely influenced by the next kingdom. So 
So as the Ecclesia, we carry a tremendous responsibility to implement the thoughts of the king in the kingdom. Let's not allow God to, to tell us, to confront us on that, to say, listen, we have a problem here because your thoughts are not my thoughts. So you see the importance now why the Bible speaks so much about renewing the mind? Because the idea of, of it is so that you can implement the thoughts of the king. So you renew your mind to his thoughts, to how he thinks. So that is why he said, hey, think on these things. Think on the word of God. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So that you will have the thoughts of the king so you can implement those thoughts. We have seen people come with thoughts of their leader that they want to implement because they realize that that is how you impact people. That is how you change people by getting false thoughts. So whether it is um, and a communist movement, whether it be dictatorship, whether it be LGBT community or whatever, they have thoughts that they want to sow in our minds and take out the thoughts of God from our minds. They are on a mission to rip the thoughts of God out of you and put other thoughts. So you begin to think that, hey, you know, come to think of it. You know, some people were some people were born gay, and what, what do you do about it? That's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie from hell. Nobody was born gay. There's no such thing. Science of, science of proven that there is no such thing as a homosexual gene. It is a lifestyle choice. But they would want us to believe that to um, put the thoughts of God on the back burner and begin to implement those thoughts to say, well, well, what can you do about it? Because if somebody grew up and realized that they were born that way, uh, what do you expect them to do? They were not born that way. That's not thought. Those are not thoughts that we're going to accept as the kingdom of God. Those are not thoughts that are coming from our king and we are not going to accept them in the name of Jesus. So, if you're not careful, they will impose these thoughts on you. It's a new age teaching that says, well, whether you call God Buddha or Buddha or <laughs> Buddha. Buddha or Muhammad or whatever or Elohim is the same God. It's just that you call him different name. That is not true. represents something else. So now, we have to 
process everything we hear. Sometimes when you hear it, it sounds true. Especially if it comes from CNN, you think it is true. What? What you don't know is that the main thoughts of CNN may come from somewhere else. You and I know that you could stand up somewhere and see some news, see something happening, and the news media comes, and you watch that same thing um, on the seven o'clock news, and it's a totally different story from what you saw. You wonder if, oh, was that the incident that I, I was present at? So, so why should you believe as gospel what they say just because it came through NBC or Al Jazeera or any one of those stations? No. Our source of information is God. The king wants you to spend time with him so that you can get his thoughts and implement his thoughts into the kingdom. But you see, sometimes people are not spending enough time with God, so you, you don't really, people are not hearing from God the way uh, they ought to. So even if somebody wants to discuss revelation that God is speaking into their heart, it's hard to find people to discuss that with because people are so preoccupied with other thoughts. How many of you have ever tried to discuss what God is saying to you with somebody else and uh, maybe two minutes in the conversation? Uh, did you hear about the lady that they raped over in um, Clarendon? Of course, that's important, but that's where their thoughts are. Not on what the king is saying. We begin to manifest the kingdom culture by implementing the thoughts of the king. It's important. We don't have time today to talk about the spirit of a culture. Because there are spirits operating and influencing every culture. And you have to be aware of those spirits. And of course, with the kingdom culture, there is a spirit that is influencing the kingdom culture. And that spirit is called the Holy Spirit. And that's the spirit that we want to influence us day after day to hear what he's saying and allow him to guide us. Now you begin to understand what the Bible says when it says, mean when it says walk in the spirit 
so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because the flesh is a different culture that lead you a different way but when you walk in the spirit that's a different culture that will bring certain results that would otherwise be impossible so Paul said this I say then walk in the spirit that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh could you close your eyes and let us pray this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for your word that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, today we thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ upon our lives. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and ensure you have a great day.